You're getting the most out of being at a game with American Express. The card member entrance, the lounge, and out tip off. See how to elevate your live sports experience at AmericanExpress.com slash with Amex. Don't live life without it. Eligible American Express card required. Benefits vary by card and by venue. Terms apply. Busy weekends are a breeze with American Express Platinum Card. 8 a.m., wait to board plane in the Centurion Lounge. <sighs> Much better. 2 p.m., grab seats for the game. Ah! 6 p.m., book an exclusive reservation with Resi Global Dining Access. Right this way. Because the American Express Platinum Card offers access to the Centurion Lounge, must-see live events, and exclusive reservations at renowned restaurants. See how to elevate your experiences at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Don't live life without it. Terms apply. Welcome to the latest edition of March Madness 365. I'm your host, Andy Katz, and this edition of our podcast... I've got an All-American as an American Conference edition. Memphis head coach Penny Hardaway would join me. He's got maybe, if not the top, uh, one of the top three recruiting classes in the country. He's got potential 2020 number one draft pick in James Weissman. And they're going to be a team that can compete for the top of the American Conference. Certainly for a potentially deep run in the NCAA tournament, they are going to be a preseason top 15 team in some form or fashion. And then let's stay in the American Cincinnati head coach, John Brennan, who took over from Mick Cronin, who went to UCLA. We want to get his take on how he'll put his imprint on the Bearcat program. So both head coaches joining me on this edition of March Madness 365. If you remember, uh, it was basically, I think, two weeks ago, we had Bruce Weber, the head coach of Kansas State, on our podcast. He was the head coach of the USA Under-19 team. Well... Uh, they just won over the weekend the gold medal, 93-79 over Mali uh, in Greece. And uh, these, these tournaments are a precursor to what you're going to see during the season. And it was, uh, for Travion Williams, uh, a banner week. Uh, he's going to be an anchor for Purdue. You're going to see a lot and hear a lot about him. Reggie Perry from Mississippi State uh, was a solid Boardman, scorn inside. Tyrese Halliburton uh, from Iowa State, another player that's going to help the Cyclones uh, be back in the NCAA tournament and competing near the top of the Big 12. Uh, Jeremiah Robinson Earl, who's heading to Villanova, will certainly get some serious run and uh, played very well uh, in this tournament for Bruce Weber and his staff. So USA gets a gold. Uh, Clemson is over, as we talked to last week, to Brad Brunell. They're in the World University Games in the medal round right now. So we'll see how they fare this week. Uh, that is in Naples, Italy. Uh, later this month, the Big East will have a Pan Am team uh, of Big East All-Stars that will head down to Peru. That's coached by Providence's Ed Cooley. Uh, recruiting will get going later this weekend uh, after taking the July 4th weekend off. The first weekend of recruiting uh, will be in... The Peach Jam is sort of the main place that a lot of people go. That's the main uh, hub, if you will, uh, of uh, recruiting. So you've got the Peach Jam. Uh, the second weekend that was uh, the norm is no more uh, for July evaluations. And then the NCAA College Basketball Academies will be that third week in July. Uh, so not next week, the week after. And those will be in stores, Connecticut, Houston, University of Houston, Illinois, Champaign-Urbana, and Phoenix for Grand Canyon. Uh, Summer League going on right now, and a lot of players who were not drafted playing well in the Summer League will see, you know, how that uh, 
how they do once uh, real contracts be, get handed out. A number of guys are signing two ways, but whether or not they can stick. You know, a player like Zach Norvell is playing well for the Lakers right now. Uh, we'll see if he could somehow make the roster in the fall. But he was not drafted out of Gonzaga, but he's shooting the basketball well out in summer league. So that's a positive. Uh, Zion Williamson only played one game, the game that was shortened by the earthquake, but before he hurt his knee, so he's going to sit the rest of the summer league out. But Iggy Brasdakis for the Knicks, playing very well right now. Um, you could argue better than R.J. Barrett, but it's early. It's summer league. So a lot of I, I love tracking the guys that were drafted, weren't drafted uh, from college basketball in summer league, just see how they play, and then ultimately to see whether or not they can make the roster uh, in the fall when the NBA opens training camp. All right, so want to get to the interview that we've been waiting for for quite a little while. We wanted to make sure that the roster was set for Memphis before we talked to Penny Hardaway, and now it is. And, boy, does he got a loaded roster down in Memphis. Uh, young roster, but uh, a roster that certainly could compete for a Final Four berth. So, first up here on March Madness 365, my conversation with Memphis head coach, Penny Hardaway. And now joining me here on March Madness 365, Memphis head coach Penny Hardaway. And there is a lot of uh, deserved hype with the Tigers as we are getting ready for the July evaluation period. Uh, A lot of anticipation for next season. Now we can sort of put a bow on the class that you've got, that you've put together for 2019-20. You know your roster. When you look back, Penny, what was the most challenging part of putting together this roster? Well, uh, everything really. I think that uh, when you're trying to build a, a top roster, obviously you got to convince the players that this is the place to be. It was just one of those situations where we were up against a lot of odds because the team hasn't been, you know, in the top 25 in, in a few years. And we haven't had uh, the glory years like other teams have had. Uh, the most difficult part was just kind of selling them on that we have a competitive conference and that we're going to play a great non-conference schedule and that we could get all of them better development and teaching uh, to get them to their goal. So that was that was tough to convince those guys of that, for sure. You know, we've heard so often with some of these sort of super teams in the NBA and super classes that one domino has helped get another one. Uh, in terms of this class, what was the, the sort of the key piece, or excuse me, who was the key piece to creating that domino to where it all came together? I think you can obviously say uh, James Wiseman, for sure. I think with him being uh, who he is and a lot of kids wanting to play with him, that um, he was making calls and uh, it became a domino effect. Uh, it didn't happen right away, but it became a domino effect for sure with him calling guys and, and, and helping piece things together along with our staff doing what we needed to do as well, but definitely James Wiseman. So with that being said, where he obviously is sort of the one that helped put it all together with you, what kind of leader do you think he can become for you uh, once you guys get on the floor for real in the fall? Well, with him being a quiet guy, we're going to have to definitely get him to talk more. He's more of a, I want to show you more so than I can tell you. On this level, you know, leadership is everything. And if you're going to beat that guy, then you're going to have to lead through vocal as well. And that's something that we're going to all help him with. Myself, Coach Matlock, Mike Miller, and Cody Topper, for sure, we're all on, on board with having him being more vocal and being more of a leader on and off the court. How many freshmen do you think potentially could start? I mean, you could say potentially all, you know, five positions could, could start as freshmen. Uh, we don't know that as of right now, but potentially for sure that it could be that way. In terms of experience, because as you know, Penny, I mean, all these teams that have reached the Final Four or even won conference championships – 
they've had experienced guys, at least in a couple of key positions. Who do you need to be that veteran, that voice to help some of these young guys along, whether that's off the bench, in the locker room, uh, making a key bucket to, you know, if there's foul trouble, uh, who, who can fit that role for you? I think it's a couple guys that come to mind. You maybe can even say three. You know, we need Tyler Harris. We need Alex Lomax, who was starting last year for maybe 10 games. And then we need Lance Thomas, who was a transfer from Louisville. Um, those three guys have seen it enough to know what it takes. And uh, we're going to need those three guys to kind of lead uh, these younger guys in the right direction. So in terms of, uh, you know, early workouts here, just even in the summer, uh, what kind of impact on the floor have you been able to see for if we can go down the line of these freshmen? Let's start with James. Huge impact because uh, this last season in high school, it definitely was uh, you know much easier for him because he was the biggest guy. Uh, but the speed and physicality changed immediately coming on campus, and it's something that he has to get used to. Uh, a lot of the shots that he settled for in high school, you could settle for that because you know you could come back next time and be more dominant in college. You have to make everything count. So him uh, getting getting him to run the floor really hard again is something that we have to, you know, kind of reiterate because it's something that he's going to have to do. He's going to have to be a gazelle getting up and down the floor. He's going to have to use his athleticism on speed. But uh, he's definitely uh, he's definitely willing to learn everything he needs to learn. For sure. uh, how about Precious? And help me out on the pronunciation of his last name. Achua. Achua. Yeah. Precious came in on the first day and was kind of like James, kind of in like a little shock of – you know, the speed and the physicality of it. And then after that, everything became easier for him because he understood that nothing was going to be given. Uh, high school was over and guys on this level are going to be competitive every possession. And uh, that's the beauty of having all these really good freshmen because they push each other daily. How about Boogie Ellis? Boogie, uh, being the point guard, uh, he's a guy that, that came in with a lot to prove, high energy. Uh, didn't shoot the ball well, but we know that's what he does. He does shoot the ball and can score. But he facilitated, he defended, he screamed, he did everything that you wanted him to do. Uh, he was a vocal leader, and he showed uh, through fine drills and every drill, trying to be the first and everything that he did. So he definitely um, came in ready to play. All right, so I could go in a number of different directions with the other freshmen. You tell me uh, among uh, DJ Jeffries, Damian Baugh, Lester Quinones, Jaden Hardaway, very familiar, obviously, redshirt freshman, Ryan Boyce, redshirt freshman, and Malcolm Dandridge, where do we want to go next? Well, I think you want to go to uh, Damian Ball. Damian Ball is going to be the, uh, the, the – I think he's going to be the freshman that everybody's going to talk about that they don't know about. They know about uh, Lester, they know about Preston, they know about Boogie, they know about James and DJ. But uh, a lot of people don't know about Damian Ball. Damian Ball is a 6'4 guard with long arms, very athletic, defensive first uh, mindset, and he's going to shock a lot of people, so – He's going to be a guy that everybody's going to be talking about. Lester Canonis has not been able to practice as much because he came off a foot injury, so he's just been cleared to start practicing uh, coming into this week. DJ Jeffries has been amazing. Uh, he's a guy that was uh, that was told that he didn't have a motor. He came in working harder than anybody, wanted to prove scoring the basketball, defending uh, multiple positions. So, I mean, we were really blessed to, you know, to have him stay home. And, uh, you know, of course, my son, Jaden Hardaway, is going to be a shocker because he and both Ryan Boyce set out this year to be able to get the get stronger, get faster, get better, and understand the knowledge. So they're going to be good wings and good good players for us, for us moving forward for sure. And uh, Malcolm Dandridge is coming off of an ACL, uh, so he won't be ready for another couple months. 
you know, expectations, you've dealt with it your entire life. What's a fair expectation for a very talented team, but a very young group going into next season? Yeah, I know. I think that um, when you talk about youth, you never know which way it's going to swing because guys are so young. Uh, obviously, we're, our goal is to make the NCAA tournament, and once you make the NCAA tournament, anything can happen. Also, we want to have a higher ranking so that we can kind of control our own destiny. When you have higher rankings, you get it, it's not promised because we've seen that in the past, but it gives yourself a, a better chance to, to get to the Final Four. Uh, but making it to the NCAA tournament isn't going to be good enough. We want to get there, but once we get there, we want to make some noise. But I think, honestly, the realistic goal would definitely be to make the tournament. And once we get there, I think the sky's the limit. Yeah, I know you preach this, and it's it sounds simple, but uh, I've heard this a thousand times. Uh, you know, you can't skip steps. And uh, for all the hype that myself included, you know, put on a team like Memphis, you got to get, you know, through through the non-conference, the conference, and the postseason first before you even can think about what certainly could occur in March. How, how much have you had to do that with this group about making sure they're buying into the process and taking the steps and not thinking about what could happen you know, all the way in March. Well, you know, uh, what's so interesting about this group, they have a group chat. And all they've talked about in the group chat was sacrifice. They've heard, uh, how are you guys going to play together? You know, you guys are so young, you won't be able to win. And I think what's, what's proven them and, and put them in a position to where they really want to prove people wrong and say, hey, we could be the first group. If, it's, if it hasn't been done before, we could be the group. It's the sacrifice, buy into everything, uh, continue to support one another every day and give every effort on every drill and everything that they're being told to do. And that's what they've done. This group is special. It's a special group of young kids that they want to win. They're putting winning before they're putting individual stats. And that's uh, been special. They've shown it every day. We haven't had any problems with, you know, someone trying to play selfish or trying to do more than what they can do. Everybody's kind of in unison on competing and, and doing, it to, doing it together. Penny, what did you learn the most about yourself as a head coach last year? I think uh, I learned that I had patience. Uh, I do. I understood that I wanted things to happen pretty quickly, but I knew I was going to have to be patient. I do. I do respect the game. I respect the coaches in this game that have been here for years and understand and have their philosophies and their their system already set. And players just, you know, everything is kind of rolling over. They've been in the business for twenty plus years. Uh, me coming in in one year, I just wanted to prove that I could belong on this level. We could coach. Me and my staff could coach on this level and compete. Uh, but I think the thing that I learned the most was just the patience of understanding what's going on and how things are supposed to work. I studied all the great teams last year uh, and what made them great and, you know, and, and try to use that into some of the things that we're trying to implement this year. Uh, so and what was that? Student of the game. What was that? Well, basically the, the defensive side of the ball and how the, the, the most successful teams in the country uh, defended pick and rolls, whether they didn't want people to go middle or if they didn't want people to go baseline, uh, what their weak side help was like. You know, um, their transition defense, if they send anybody to the rebound or if they got everybody back uh, to try to protect uh, transition, uh, just a lot of things like that that I, were, you know, I didn't really pay attention to, uh, to the, at the college level more so than I did this past year. And Penny, scheduling-wise, what have you put together uh, that really would, you know, meet the, the kind of talent you've got coming in this season in terms of a challenging non-conference schedule that, uh, you know, the kind of players you recruited would want to play? Yeah, well, obviously we, we're uh, we're in the field night invitational against Oregon. It's pretty much a home game for Oregon and Oregon, so it'll be a big test for us. We're playing North Carolina State in the Barclays Center. Uh, you know, Coach Keats always has great teams, so that's another challenge for us. Playing Tennessee at Tennessee, we're playing Georgia at, Georgia at home. We're playing 
Ole Miss at home. Yeah, we're playing Ole Miss at home. And um, that's pretty much the gist of it. I think we also have uh, Bradley at home this year, who made the NCAA tournament last year, who won their conference. So we tried to put together as, as strong a non-conference schedule as we could going into our conference. Well, Penny, I appreciate it. I know we're going to be uh, watching and tracking you uh, and this team and a lot of excitement around it. Can't wait to see you guys uh, in the fall. Uh, I know I'll see you before that around American Media Day, but I appreciate it, Penny. Thank you. Yeah, and thank you so much. And joining me here on March Madness 365, new Cincinnati head coach John Brennan. And uh, John, uh, it's been a little bit of a couple weeks now, uh, maybe a couple months, that uh, you knew that Jerron Coverland was coming back, which was an incredible recruiting gift uh, that you start your new gig uh, with uh, one of the best players at his position, one of the best players in the American Athletic Conference. Uh, so let's deal with that process first from when you took over for Mick Cronin. Uh, how did you ha- handle the Cumberland recruitment, if you will? Uh, that's a great question, Andy, and I appreciate you having me on. You know, there really wasn't a recruitment to it. You know, they, the, the rules were put in place for the well-being of the student-athlete and the opportunity for them to go through the process. And that's exactly how we handled it on this end. You know, complete support of the family, Jaron's family and, 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 and him. And I was just here to try to build a relationship during that time. And that's what made it difficult with He's going through the whole NBA process and still trying to build a relationship with somebody that you've never recruited or coached. So, you know, not being around campus, building that relationship, a little bit of time he was here through lunches and through communication. And it was, it was less about recruiting than more about speed dating. And uh, that was the focus of it. And then whenever he decided he was ready to come back, then we were able to take the next step. So how did that change this job in the short term once you got him? Uh, well, I mean, I think like anything else, you know, all the you know, top programs in the country go through guys putting their name in the draft and having to figure out what kind of roster you're going to have come late May. And uh, so I didn't really have a thought process as to what roster I was going to have. I was right now trying to fill some spots off some guys that had left or graduated. So my focus was there. And then Jaron being out there, whatever decision he made, uh, certainly influences other guys wanting to come. So once he made that decision, it became clear, clearer you know, uh, in terms of what our, our top maybe seven or eight guys might be. Uh, but it didn't really, I didn't really factor in the other part of it because I was spent all that time recruiting, trying to build a staff and doing all the other things that takes place when you're taking over a job. But so often when you take over a program, especially at this level, more often than not, there's a reason you're taking it over. Someone got fired and it's a more of a rebuild. That's not the case here. Mick goes to UCLA and so you're taking over a program that has been consistently good, NCAA good, you know, possibly second weekend good, but certainly second round good. Uh, so with that being said, what's it like to walk into a program at this level, a program you're familiar with, by the way, knowing that you don't have to rebuild, you're just sort of shuffling the deck in a couple of spots and just sort of putting your own imprint on it? Well, it's, it's a challenge in many ways because obviously there's great expectations that come with the job that Nick's done. And, you know, I want to make sure – you know, he did a phenomenal job. I mean, nice for the NCAA tournaments. And, you know, I think you know, this past year, it was going to be considered more of a rebuilding year. And, and uh, went out and won the conference and, 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 and got a high seat in the NCAA tournament. So the job that he did here was, you know, the consistency of winning was, was spectacular. And, uh, you know, taking over a program, which we're going to do it a little bit differently. The style of play will be a little bit different. Obviously, it'll always be different when a new coach comes in. So there's going to be a transition with that takes place. But, that's what the summer's for, uh, and that's what the fall's for, to make sure that transition goes smoothly and uh, relying on our upperclassmen to make sure that 
as we put in this style of play, they have an understanding of it and can, you know, it'll probably be rough going a little bit at the beginning as we continue to get an understanding of what we want to do, but we'll get there. So you say it's going to look a little different. How so? Well, I think we'll play more in the full court in terms of some defensively. We'll play more 94 feet, probably push the pace a little bit more. Uh, you know, not, not to make any comparisons, but you know, it's a style of play that I've coached too. And obviously we'll make adjustments to it based on our personnel. But what I've seen so far is this is a group of guys. We've signed seven new players that'll be able to play that style of play. I mean, you, the last, uh, I mean, I know you were, you know, you have familiarity, you know, basically coaching in the area, if you will, you know, with this program, you know, you're coming from being at Northern Kentucky, which is just over the line. Uh, in fact, they used your court, not this past season, the season before. So there was familiarity with that as well, uh, because Cincinnati's building was getting redone. A- at any point, how plausible did you think this was of, of occurring? Well, obviously, when it went down, you know, things went pretty quickly. But I knew the success of our program it had long Kentucky and I've been involved with you know, several high major jobs during the course of the, you know, three years that we went, you know, won the, won the league three straight years. So just being involved in different opportunities, I knew this could be an opportunity if Mick decided to take the next, you know, um, move in his career. And uh, when that happened, you know, things matriculated pretty quickly. But to say there was forecasting involved, I couldn't say that, you know, it's maybe coach speak, but you're really where your feet are. And we spent all our time trying to make the Holy Kentucky program a national brand. And so when Cincinnati was on your campus, you know, using the facility, obviously, while theirs was getting redone, what what did the Cincinnati name, the brand, what did it mean, you know, even in that northern Kentucky community uh, that now you're wearing that jersey after sort of helping them out uh, by them playing on your campus? Well, it's really unique, Andy, you know, so I, when I got, my house is still in northern Kentucky right now. So when I, when my kids go to school in Northern Kentucky, so when I go home at night or I have to stop by the grocery store to pick up something for my wife, I get looked at a little bit differently. They're kind of like, well, it's a different shirt because there was a strong Northern Kentucky brand in Northern Kentucky and the Cincinnati brand is obviously a national brand. So I'd like to think it's grown in the Northern Kentucky area, not only because they play via VNT Arena because now I'm the head coach here. Uh, so it's a little bit different for me when I'm walking around, which is really unique in a lot of ways. Most of the time you don't have that opportunity to do that. But to speak to, to when we're playing there, you know, the bottom line is they had tremendous success in the gym that I used to coach in. And uh, now I get the opportunity to move across the river into an unbelievable brand new facility here at Fifth Third. So Bob Huggins, Mick Cronin, you know, obviously uh, fiery personalities. They were very animated on the sidelines. Uh, what will Cincinnati fans and fans of the Americans see from you that might be maybe a little the same, maybe a little different from some of the, the coaches, obviously, that they've grown to know at Cincinnati? Yeah, I don't, I'll never compare, but, I mean, what they'll see in me is, you know, we'll be extremely prepared. Uh, we'll be a team that fights for every possession. I mean, we'll, we'll have the toughness that you've been accustomed to seeing in Cincinnati. You know, I, you, you can watch our Northern Kentucky games. My personality is probably a little bit more laid back in terms of my approach on the sideline, but that's nothing more than the fact that uh, we each got each, each way of doing things. So, It'll be fiery. We'll get after it, uh, but it'll be a little bit different way. All right. So for Cincinnati to be right there where it's been in the past, to be ahead of Memphis, UConn, Wichita, South Florida, Houston, from what you've seen so far, what specifically has to go right? Well, I, I don't, I'm not there yet. Uh, you know, obviously what we've got to do is we've got to take a team and marry what I want to do and how we're going to play with the current roster that we have. And, the challenge in that is we got a group of men that won championship and the coach walking in has won championships. We got to be able to mesh 
that together and fight for another championship here in the American. So how that matriculates, you know, I don't know the league inside and out, obviously, because I haven't coached in it, but they haven't gone against our teams either. So uh, there's a learning curve involved in both sides of things when you go through through a first-time coach coming into a new league. So, you know, there's no way to, to, to say how that will look or what it's going to take to get it there. But I do know these first eight, these eight weeks in the summer and the six weeks in the fall are extremely important. And so is our non-conference schedule in order to put us in position when the league play comes. In terms of other players, I mean, we, you know, obviously Cumberland is the brand name, the, the big name. Who do you want to see really some growth that you're going to need come the fall? Well, every, everybody's got growth right now for me because I've, I've known this team for two and a half months. <laughs> so, but, you know, Trey Scott's a guy who's a tremendous leader, and I recruited him a little bit out of high school when I was at Alabama. And uh, he's a guy that can chance to impact this program a great deal. Keith Williams, you know, with the tremendous athleticism, if we can continue to refine his game and take it to the next level. You know, there, there's several guys, and we have a lot of newcomers here that got to be able to step up. So, you know, as I told our put, current players, I know our new guys and our current players about the same. So, you know, everybody's getting an opportunity to prove their worth and prove what they can do each and every day. And uh, you know, the slate's clean for everybody, whether that's good or bad. You know, we have an opportunity to kind of rewrite some things, and uh, that's kind of our focus right now. So to sit here and tell you who I need to step up right now, I don't know who that is. Uh, I'm still learning this team like they're learning me. John, when teams played Cincinnati, they felt it. I mean, it was like physical. They would be sore because there was a physicality to playing Cincinnati. What will teams feel after playing your Cincinnati Bearcats? Well, I think they'll feel uh... – that you know we're going to get after your full court. There's going to be we're going to try to get your legs a little bit. I think there'll, there'll be a level of fatigue that goes on during the course of the game. Hopefully, we'll be in great shape to be able to handle that. I think we're a team that you know we're going to move the ball quickly, so they're going to have to guard us, you know, early in the possession and potentially late in possession with a lot of ball movement. So I think it'll be a wearing down factor. It'll be a little bit different maybe than in the past. But again, I think more media driven. Maybe uh, you know the bottom line is the game of basketball. You, it still played the same way, albeit uh, maybe just a little bit different into it. And lastly, John, what prepared you the most to take on this challenge? Well, I think a number of things. You know, you go back to your playing career. I played for Billy Donovan and Marshall, and you know, I think that helped prepare me to my coaching career as an assistant coach. There were some great coaches. Uh, most recently, Anthony Grant, being in the SEC with him, and then you know, nothing prepares you like taking over a program and having to you know play in championship caliber games and. You know, being in a league where you had to win those last three games in March or some of the biggest pressure there is. So uh, I think all those things combined prepare you to take the next step in your career. And certainly I'm excited about taking over a program and being a part of a program with the historic tradition and brand name of the Cincinnati Bearcats. So uh, I've, I've known this program since I grew up and uh, feel like I've known it uh, you know, since birth. And I look forward to the opportunity to lead it. John, I appreciate it. Thank you. And thank you, man. And that'll wrap up this edition of March Madness 365. So glad that Penny Hardaway of Memphis and John Brennan of Cincinnati could join me this past week. Remember, we are coming to you every week, wherever you find your podcasts. Go to NCAA.com, March Madness. We've been doing this podcast now. This is our 84th straight week. We have not taken a week off. Even when I went away overseas, we made sure we delivered college basketball coverage all year round. You want to hear from the names of the game, a lot more coaches at this time of the season, more players during the course of the season. This is the spot on NCAA.com all week. 
You've got my countdown of the top 25 players from 25 to 1. And coming up, we're going to have even more content for you later in the month. You've got the Big East All-Star team that's going to be playing down in Peru, uh, coached by Ed Cooley, head coach of Providence. We'll have some coverage from their practice up in Providence. Uh, Recruiting is going to be going on this month. Uh, We'll get a little thing I'm not going to give you uh, the goods on yet, but another engagement issue I know you're going to enjoy uh, certainly uh, later in the month of July. So plenty to discuss. Got teams going overseas. Uh, you can always hit me up uh, on Twitter at the Andy Cats. Uh, if you want to hit me up about our podcast, some questions, guests that you might want to hear from, uh, we're open to all uh, here at NCAA.com and March Madness. Thanks for listening. matchup between your two favorite teams and you're at the game getting the most from what it means to be here with American Express. You breeze through the card member entrance, stop by the lounge, now it's almost tip-off and everyone's already on their feet. This is gonna be good. See how to elevate your live sports experience at AmericanExpress.com slash with Amex. Don't live life without it. Eligible American Express card required. Benefits vary by card and by venue. Terms apply.